0: I came all the way over here, you said you was holding. I didn't say what I was holding. (laughs) Anton
1: Tobias never had much on his mind. Don't you think you should have, like, a goal? My dream life would be to lie around all day in bed and watch TV while somehow broad draws me food. And he always had time on his hands. Four bodies have been discovered, and the killer is still at large. Until one of them... Got a mind of its own. <laughs> I have no control over my hand. It makes me do things that I don't want it to do. Aren't you a little old for Ding Dong Ditch?
0: Sorry about your bush. I'm gonna call
1: 911. What's the number? I'm not the killer. Okay. I mean, if OJ can get off, then I'm sure... You're Now. His hand won't stop. I don't they don't! Ew, that's disgusting. His friends won't die. You're dead! Undead, actually. There was this big bright white light at the end of a long tunnel. So what happened? You we were like, forget that, man. It's too far. And the only way to stop it no! idle hands are the devil's play so... Keep my hands occupied, right? Is to keep it busy. Drop the knitting needles. That's probably not a good idea.
0: What him now. Cuff me! Put those needles down, young man! They're coming!
1: Columbia Pictures presents... The police have no leads, and the killer is still out there. <laughs> He's screaming like a girl. The comedy... Careful, it's on kind of loose. That's <sighs> really starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> that dares to give scary movies... Hey, hey.
2: Something
1: there, bud. Idle hands. The touching story of a boy and his hand. Kinky fly for white
2: What is up? Welcome to the Heart Guide Media Podcast. Well, no. <laughs> the Sight and Sound Podcast presented by Heart Guide Media. Um but yeah. Here we are, and we're discussing Idle Hands today from 1999. We have uh, Sean Chongo Henderson, and of course, Eric Scott Tyler on to discuss and have some fun. What's up, guys?
1: What is going on? Happy to be here.
2: So, before we get into the film, seeing that we're doing a 1999 film, we're going to do a battle year of the same year, 1999. So, if anybody's unfamiliar with battle year... We take two films and or uh, albums, music albums, but this this time we're only doing films uh, from the same year, and we do a, a, a pick them You get a pick between the two, and you can either give your reasonings or refuse to. Uh,
1: you cut out there. Did I miss something?
2: How... <laughs> I said we're doing Battle Year, and yeah, it's a pick 'em. You have to pick between the two two movies that from the same year.
1: Perfect. Yeah, I'm down. Do we lose Sean? Do we lose Tongo? No, I'm still here.
2: He's still here. Okay, perfect. perfect. Great, great news. All right, so Battle Year, 1999. We spare no. Uh, we, we we cut right to the chase here, and I like it. So 1999 Battle Year. Here we go. Now, for both of you, Blair Witch, The Blair Witch Project from 1999, or Sleepy Hollow from 1999? I'm
1: going to let you lead it. Ah, uh,
0: shit. I'm kind of aiming towards The Blair Witch Project.
2: Going Blair Witch, all right. Yeah. What about you, Eric?
0: Uh, you know what? I, I will
1: say I, I do love Blair Witch. I have a good memory of, of seeing it in the theaters with my brother and, and the famed Chad Halsey. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Sleepy Hollow. I think, uh, I, I really love that movie. I think it's, uh, it's a
2: lot of fun. So I think, I'll, like, I'll, like I'll Sleepy Ho- Sleepy is great. I love the atmosphere. They really tapped into, like, what you wanted to see from that, from that legendary story. But I'm going to go with Blair Witch Project just because... I remember running it. Actually, scratch that. Buying it, I believe I, uh, I, my parents bought it, and I watched it, and you know, it was all promoted as it was real. So, it took about a year or so before I realized that it wasn't real. So, and it kind of had a, it, it had a fun impact on me. So, I'm gonna go with Blair Witch. I
1: like it. I mean, it's really tough. I mean, I feel like I don't know. I just. I mean, I love Blair Witch, and I thought it was obviously innovative for its time, and it sparked the whole
0: subgenre. But uh, yeah, I'm going to sleep with Sleepy Hollow. I thought it was great. Yeah, I had a lot of fun seeing it in the drive in at uh, the old West Rome in the day <clears throat> as I'm trying not to take off.
2: Yeah, that seems like it'd be fun to see it in the drive in, actually.
1: You saw Blair Witch in the drive in, is what you're saying, or yes. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, that's awesome. That's right on.
2: All right, here's uh, another one. The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp or Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon?
1: This is an easy one for me. I'm going to go with uh, The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. Your,
0: Sean's favorite, Roman Polanski. I'm actually going to pick uh, Stir of Echo with Kevin Bacon.
2: Yeah, I'm going with Sean. I'm going Stir of Echoes.
1: You guys can't separate the art from the human.
2: Uh, I mean, I can more than anybody, but... That movie
0: actually creeped me out when I was a kid when I saw that. Stir of Echoes? Why? Because you drank all that orange juice?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I thought it was fucking good. Yeah. All right, so the next one, we're throwing in our topic at hand, Idle Hands from 1999, and The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. All right,
1: this is another super easy one for me, Idle Hands for sure. I don't even know if I've ever seen The Mummy in full with Brendan Fraser. Really? BT has the Blu-ray box set. You, yeah, went... you know what? I don't know. Those kind of just didn't, uh, they never, uh, they never tickled the old pickle. I, I just never really gave you them a went
2: and saw the Tom Cruise mummy, but you didn't see the Brendan Fraser mummy.
1: All right, for, they have literally nothing to do with each other. It's they're both remakes of the mummy, yeah. All right, first off, have you ever seen the original mummy? Uh, yeah, come on. Is that's a remake. The Brendan Fraser one is a remake of the original
0: mummy. BT always kept on saying that's the remake.
2: Of I the mean, mummy. it's called the mummy
0: the mummy
1: it, it doesn't mean anything it's not the, i just never i love brendan fraser shout out to brendan fraser really quick that guy's a man but uh yeah no those never on my radar
2: i think uh, i think you would like the 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 mummy from 99 i think you should check it out it is good i, I
1: definitely will Isn't there, there's like how many of those three or four three. i think
2: there's three and then two spin spinoffs there's like
0: a spin-off?
2: well scorpion king
0: Oh, I forgot about those. What's the one with my boy Jet Lee? I love Jet Lee. Number
2: three. Yeah, that was the third one.
0: Something with dragons. You don't like Jet Lee, Li, Sean? No, I, I like Jelly. Yeah, the you bet. Did
2: you say you like Jelly?
0: I do like Jelly. The
1: only thing you can name from Jelly is the expendables? Jesus, Sean.
2: Um. Yeah, I'm going Idle Hands.
0: Per, I mean, you, uh, I hope oh, yeah. This was a very easy one, Idle Hands. Perfect.
2: So now we're going to stray a little bit away from horror. And I'm going to go and hit you with Boondock, San- Boondock Saints or The Matrix. Uh, Boondock Saints for me. I was obsessed with that movie for a little bit. It's
1: great.
0: And in the fourth grade, I was obsessed with The Matrix. So I pick Matrix. The Matrix, I understand why it's so...
1: Like it's huge, and I know there's a new one coming out, a lot of hype for it. But and I love Keanu; he's the man. But I don't know; I never really held them in like some amazing scenes. The cinematography is crazy, but I just
2: never really held them in like super high regard. I'm in the same boat. I would go. uh I like The Matrix. I've only I can honestly say I've only seen it in full once when I was when it came when it came to HBO and like whenever winter 2000, a year after it came out. Um, but Boondock. Boondock Saints, like, are, is amazing, and I love that film.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. It also sparked one of the greatest uh, intros to a metalcore hardcore song ever, and uh, with bleeding through. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, tell me when you don't hear that, you know, fucking amped
2: up. Oh, you got to! It was talk about cinematic mosh call. <laughs> um, so two juggernaut teen films never been kissed with drew or she's all that with rachel lee and freddie prince junes uh i'm definitely going uh she's all
1: that i am mean she's all that guy never been kissed more of a bt thing i think it's funny david Arquette, of course the man uh but uh definitely she's all that
2: guy i mean this one's hard for me but what do you got sean
0: I'm going to pick. Uh, she's all
2: that. Come on, Matthew Lillard, tonight Matthew Lillard is. Yeah, Anna. but you
0: love
1: David Arquette. He's in never
2: been kissed. Yeah, but yeah. Ma- after Sean's react interaction with Matthew Lillard at the last Monster Mania, he has to uh-huh. default to every Matthew Lillard role, no matter what.
1: That is true. He pretty much he was in love with you, and he, yeah. he he pretty much acted like I was a leper. Like I was trying to talk to him, and he just looked at me like I was a moron, and then. Because he saw me, that's why But I still love him But uh, he was just kind of like, I don't know Maybe he was just thinking about other shit And didn't listen to what I had to say But uh, like He liked your sure shit though Yeah, afterwards uh, But yeah, he definitely loved you You should probably meet him again and See if he wants to hang out
2: no. yeah, I'm the Halloween party for real
0: Is he going to be at
1: that monster meeting coming up yeah, here?
0: no We're going to get our Christina Ricci to come over That's
2: probably not gonna happen. Uh oh. Jesse, did you answer that one? Uh this one's hard for me because I love both. And we have Sean Whalen as a smaller role and never been kissed. Merkin ain't jerkin, he's working. Um and also obviously David Arquette, legend. But I'm going she's all that just not just for the Matthew Lillard cameo. But we got Polly Walks in there. Uh Freddie Prince, but Rachel Lee is my girl. She's she's been my girl since. Josie the Pussycats. I mean, Josie and Pussycats out. She was. I was already full. Rachel Lee Lee Cook. Uh, I mean, poor boy, Rachel but... Lee Cook's been in like four movies, so it's not like
1: you're. Uh, you know.
2: She, she was also in a newfound glory video, so show some respect. Hell yeah.
1: I'm... She's an icon of the times for sure. I mean, you're and she's all that. Didn't that who uh watch this he's all that thing is that is that, that was been off of the, of the movie that's actually a sequel
2: was it like a, a it was like a sequel and you didn't realize it until halfway through and then you saw something from the movie
0: but no uh, rachel mcadams is like right at the beginning rachel mcadams sure. she's no it's whatever
2: rachel lee cook
0: thank you rachel lee cook <laughs> so rachel lee cook is lillard lillard's in it too right yeah
2: does he play the same character, the the real world dude?
0: Yeah, but now he's like the principal of the high school. Wow. Hmm. What about Freddie Prince? No, he 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 bailed on her. Knocked
1: well, her listen, left. He he's married to one of the, the my one trues, So
2: also Jodie Lynn O'Keefe is in it too, who also appeared in Halloween H two O from the year prior. What a fucking imagine being in those two films in the late nineties.
1: Oh yeah, she's killing it. I just want to point out that Jody Lynn O'Keefe is probably one
2: of those people that, one of those women that my brother is randomly obsessed with. I was just going to say, I've definitely heard, (laughs) I've definitely heard his voice say, oh, it's Jody Lynn O'Keefe, a million fucking times. He's
1: got like a, a little list of like seven female actresses he's obsessed with, like Brittany Murphy, obviously we know why as like his number one, but Jody Lynn O'Keefe is definitely on that list,
2: I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, 100%. It's like one of those... It's like uh, you, what Yuli Lomo is to some people. Uh, but I digress. So, yeah, that wraps it up for Battle Year. That was a good one.
1: Battle Year's always super
2: fun. I love doing that. All right, boys. Let's talk some idle motherfucking hands. What a fucking film. And... Just I haven't watched the movie in a while and I, I know the film so well that I didn't need to rewatch it, but I am gonna watch it this month. But I gotta say, this is such a, a movie of the times, it, it makes me just like appreciate that time period, the late nineties, early two thousands. Seeing the style where we get a fucking someone that's wearing like the fucking Gadzooks porn shirt porn star shirt. Oh yeah. To tell
1: y'all, it, it bleeds like so. I, I showed this to Jen uh, the other night, um, and I and I said this movie bleeds 1999, like it, it is 1999. The wardrobe, just like kind of the dialogue, uh, obviously the soundtrack, and uh, it just kind of brings you back to that time, uh, you know. But uh, it's it's great. But yeah, I'll let you I'll let you get back to that. But yeah, it definitely bleeds that 1999
2: uh, that year. So to we're not going to run through the whole film But I'm going to summarize the film And then we're just going to kind of talk about The points that stick out to us So The main things being Obviously the, the movie opens up and, and I thought Maybe even Trick or Treat Might have even taken something from this I don't know Like seeing them like Blow out like some Decorations at the beginning of it His parents And then his parents get killed at the beginning And you don't really Know what's going on uh, yeah, I mean
1: i I think the I think the opening of it is really awesome because if you were going into the movie blind, um, you know, the first like whatever ten minutes of the movie, you it really you feel like it could take you in so many different directions. Like, obviously, it's like a it's a it's horror, it's a, it's a comedy, horror comedy. But like that first like ten minutes really sets a tone, and you kind of don't know. Uh, they give you such a serious like opening scene, and then and then obviously the next morning kicks in, and there's like a different vibe. But really, an awesome, an awesome opening.
2: And we got Fred Willard as the dad. RIP. He just he passed away last year. What a fucking legend that dude is. Yeah, he's. hilarious I mean,
1: he's one of those guys that's
2: just. Hey, really who's who's whose phone's fucking feeding back as I talk?
1: I don't hear any feedback. I only hear it when you talk. Yeah, I know. No,
2: and now I don't hear it. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking, talking too close to my phone. No, I hear it right there. What the fuck? I don't know. I have, my, I, I have my phone muted when I'm not talking. Maybe that's it. I don't know.
0: Should we all go fuck ourselves?
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no. Should
0: we put uh, our phones but we don't talk?
2: No, so, yeah, Fred Willard playing the dad, um... Connie Ray is the mom. I'm not sure what the fuck else she's been in. She was in fucking, what, Stuart Little, I guess I'm looking at right now. But uh, regardless, the fucking cast is pretty... I mean, Seth Green was very much the 90s, like, actor, like, familiar face. Uh, Him playing Mick. We got Devin Sawa, obviously, playing Anton. Uh, What's his name? Nub, but with a silent P. Eldon Henson plays... Uh, obviously, I mean, we would be morally remiss if we didn't bring up Jessica Elba playing Molly. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. uh, Jessica Elba obviously was in Never Been Kissed as well. Like, uh, she was coming into prominence and getting a lot of, uh, roles starting in the early ni- or late 90s. And she obviously goes on to kind of be like a little, a little, uh, I almost said sex object, but that wasn't what I was supposed to say. I mean, uh sex symbol of the ni- late 90s, early 2000s. Not a sex object. Uh, we got Vivica A. Fox, another BT specialty actress that he's mentioned 9 million times. Uh, but yeah, Sean Whalen, again. We got a little, a little Never Been Kissed 1999 crossover in this one. Eric you're, Eric, you're muted. Eric, you're muted. What's he doing? Turn
0: on your fucking mic.
2: Sean, text him and tell him he's fucking muted. All right,
0: my, my phone wouldn't let me uh,
1: unmute it for some reason. I apologize. Can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, we can hear you now, brother. Uh, who is the guy who who plays the like the metalhead uh, who has a big four? That <laughs> oh, guy's your neighbor. That guy's <laughs> in so much stuff, but I can't think
2: of his name. Is he in a bunch of stuff?
1: Yeah, tell you, this guy's probably been in like a whole bunch of stuff.
2: But... I'm looking at Jack Noseworthy. He was in. Oh, he was in Alive. I remember him from Alive.
1: His character's great, though.
2: Oh yeah, just loves Motley Crue.
1: There was, always, something, always something, on the there was something about that time frame, too, like, I think, like, in the, like, uh, you know, the, the um, like, pop punk coming out and, like, kind of, remember, like, in that, like, early 2000s, like, late 90s thing where it was funny to pick on, like, the 80s, like, metalhead guys, kind of? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I just think it's funny that his character is hilarious and he ends up, like, I don't know, he's really, he plays, like, an integral, like, role throughout the entire flick.
2: Yeah, he's like the little uh, like guiding conduit for Vivica A. Fox's character hunting down this uh, this rogue, crazy, satanic hand. Um yeah, it's great. But also, speaking of pop punk, we get Tom DeLonge plays one of the fucking burger yeah. workers. Yeah, that is great. Fucking amazing. That that's what I love too. There was something about that time period. We talk about it like cargo fucking shorts with like a couple neon zippers and like a fucking Hurley shirt skateboarding, the offspring, crude humor, sex and pot are your main goals in life and blink-182 is showing up in fucking american pie, fucking idle hands. Like what uh, tell me blink-182 weren't like the 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 it fucking band at the moment. Oh, they were huge in that time frame. Oh yeah. I think a, they really were. I mean, I know we're going to get back onto the offspring
1: because uh, they're obviously they, they're in the movie and I love the offspring. I don't care what anybody said. Go on.
2: I do like Dash, but I like the album Smash. All right, calm down. No, we're not calm down. The album Smash kind of re-relayed, or or kind of just came off to me like, I don't know. They had dreads, and I just kind of associated dreads with hippies I didn't like. And I never really liked any of those songs off Smash when I heard them. I did like... I did like some of the songs off Americana, and I thought the Offspring was cool, especially after seeing them in this num- movie where they're uh, at playing a Halloween dance and they cover "I Want to Be Sedated."
1: Not to get on a huge Offspring thing, but Offspring are much more like—I don't want to say the word punk because it was just stupid—but I'm pretty sure like Dexter Holland, like re- what, like his record label, Nitro Records, like put out like a lot of awesome like California punk band stuff, like AFI and such. Uh, and if you don't like smash and extend on the ombre, are so good. The only thing that ruined them is that one goddamn song. If they just didn't put out that one song,
2: what pretty fly for a white guy?
1: Yeah, they they would have a completely different. Uh, people would look at them so different, but they do have
0: some really shitty albums. Like after that song, you don't know. You didn't listen to them. Don't say that. I yes, I have. Well, all right. Which one? Which one? I don't remember, but I used to fucking listen to K-Rock back in the day. Which, all right, you just said you listened to the albums. That's not the album. I said I don't remember.
2: No, Jen Naso played Maracana, and that's all you heard.
1: Exactly.
2: And smash. Smash. (laughs) Smash And
1: smash. Fucking very first record, pretty much like their second ever record. Like, so calm down. Don't talk shit on the offspring. I wasn't talking shit. One bad song and it ruined their house They have good songs after that. Just want to
2: point that out. I did like that "Defy You" song from Orange County. Oh, yeah,
1: there's some good ones. I like The Offspring. Uh right, wait, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm going too far around The Offspring. Here. No, no, it's all good. Uh but yeah, Anton wakes like Anton waking up and like making the sandwich with the the blood on the knife always fucking like killed me. I thought that was funny. There's so much Devin Sawa fucking kills it as this character of Anton Tobias. He, he really
1: does like. That's What I was gonna say earlier is they cast this movie like so great. Like him and him and Seth Green and Al Henson, those three like kill me. And I think, like, even like still watching it, like, I there's parts where like, I'm legitimately laughing out loud at some of the dialogue. And I also, another thing I noticed, the movie's like fairly gruesome. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. There's um, and it's really vulgar too. Like, the some of the some of the dialogue is very vulgar as well. I noticed, which again. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I love it, but um, I know we'll talk more about the other scenes. But yeah, that's another thing I noticed, like showing it to Jen. I'm like, this movie's actually like fairly bloody and kind of gruesome at points. You know, it's not fucking goddamn terrifier Yeah, it's not fucking, It's not fucking something crazy. But it, you know, for what it was, definitely pretty brutal.
2: No, it definitely is, and it mixes, it plays the horror comedy thing so well. This might be the most well balanced horror comedy, like next to like say the Burbs.
1: It really is. Yeah. I mean it's a great horror comedy. I know we talked about it on our horror comedy uh, list that we did not that long ago, but it really is like it really holds up there with like with like some of the best
2: and uh, for some reason in the late 90s too pot was such a huge thing pot was like a way of life in the early 90s like going into the early 2000s like or the late 90s going into the early 2000s like it was literally like pot was like a main fucking driving point for teenagers especially in film
1: yeah i feel like it did hit like a wave in that like late 90s early 2000s thing as well um Obviously, it was big before that, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like it was like kind of the comedies, not even just horror, but like comedies. It's kind of there's always they always touch on it a little bit, right, John? You used to exactly. The, you used to puff that Northern Lights number seven, didn't you?
0: Oh, I'm not gonna
1: you know deny it.
0: <laughs> you air guitar, Timmy, BT,
2: <laughs> air guitar, awesome.
0: no Meg, basil, you know.
2: So Rodman Flender, the director, he's actually he's a legit horror fan. Um, and he has directed some, uh, horror shit, um, that is pretty noteworthy. So, on top of things he's, uh, he's been, he's acted in, he's written, he's produced, but directed, uh, he ended up directing a couple episodes of, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Uh, and he also directed Leprechaun 2, and he ended up doing... What the fuck did he end up doing? Let's see. He did a couple episodes of Our List*. He did a couple, He did five episodes of Party of Five. And one episode of Dawson's Creek. So he had his hands in the 90s uh, sitcom for real. Um, now, one contention I've had, and Sean and I have argued over this for years and years and years, is when after... Devin Sawa ends up killing his two friends because he has the possessed hand. When he ends up killing Mick and Nub. When they come back to life and Seth Green has the... Also, the makeup effects in this are so fun. The the beer bottle sticking in, in Seth Green's head filled with, like, blood when he runs around is fucking hilarious. Um, but when he grabs the little bread cutter, the electric bread cutter... Well, it's like it's really like an electric like turkey trimmer or whatever the fuck. Yeah, when he, he says, "Look," right when he says, "Look at me, look at me," I'm Leatherface and grabs it. I always thought it was like a, a funny play of like, "Ha ha, he's got a little saw." It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I don't think the average fan watching this film would know that Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two used that little. Uh, like meat cutter that little electric meat cutter cutting up LG and cutting LG's face off in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 now Sean's contention is it was a direct like homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 I never saw it that way but I and I and but him being a legit horror fan the director Rodman Flender I could see why he would do that but I wonder if that was like a happy accident like oh yeah Leatherface did use that little one I think he did uh, it both ways. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough for me to say. Like, I, I obviously, I'm, I mean, the
1: only really familiarity I have with him is just like watching the special features on Idle Hands. Like, uh, maybe he did it. I mean, I think personally, like, I'm sure, like, if he did do it, like, um, for both ways, like, knowing exactly that scene, like, he probably, I mean, he obviously realizes that probably a good 80 to 90% of the people watching the film have no idea about that. Actual scene, you know what I mean, right? So uh, they're just associating that being like a chainsaw, and him calling himself Leatherface, and then everyone's all laughing, ha ha
0: ha ha. Exactly.
2: So, but I will, but
0: I will continue thinking that's from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and I will die that
2: way. Actually, you I, know, if Robin Fl- on Twitter, if if, him yeah, on Twitter. yeah, that would be actually that'd be a great Twitter question.
0: Well, I don't have a Twitter, so yes, you do. I don't.
2: You have a, you definitely have a ghost Twitter account.
0: I used to have a Twitter account, but I don't have one anymore. Why'd you get rid of it? Because is all right. Like I don't, I don't need it.
1: Why do you have that face, that Facebook though? That you don't tell anybody about. I don't
0: have Facebook. I got Ring. Don't lie. I only
1: <laughs> have an Instagram and Snapchat. Oh my god, you're against Twitter, but you have a Snapchat.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you do on Snapchat? I don't use it, but I have it. Why did you get snaps from the ladies? From the ladies and the men. I don't discriminate.
2: At least no, none of us have Facebook anymore. That's true. I haven't in over five years. Actually closer I'm, to six now.
1: I That's, am pushing a, over a year. Yeah, but you still get on from time to time to poke a few people.
2: <laughs> I know. Poke. Uh, anyway, back to back to idle hands. So we get, I mean, Sean Whalen is the cop, and the other dude looks so familiar. I, for some reason, thought it was... And I think it is the dude who was um, in uh, Sometimes They Come Back, but I'm not sure. I feel like I've looked Which it up before, but I can't remember.
1: Which dude you talking
2: about? Nicholas Sadler. He was in Twister as Kubrick. He was the other cop. Oh, yeah. He was that in Hellraiser like Inferno. Memory. And, yes, he was Vinny, and sometimes they come back. I thought it was him. That's awesome. Uh, Actually, I know that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I remember looking that up a while ago and then forgetting it and then thinking it wasn't him um, because he looks like he aged like a motherfucker from 91 to 99. But uh, shout-out to Nicholas Sadler. <laughs> I didn't mean to fucking take a shot at him. Um, He's <laughs> a shit. But what a fucking, uh, Kyle Gass is the burger jungle fucking, in here is the one of the burger jungle workers. Uh, just a, a load, like you said, a loaded fucking cast. Um, this is written by Terry Hughes Burton, who I'm not sure I'm familiar with anything else he's written. Everything else he's written, I don't think any of it, he's written like a couple episodes of like Hunters and couple other shows and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers he wrote an episode. What episode did he write? I'm dreaming of a white ranger.
0: I'm the white. I do love me the white ranger. Now, what was white. the first time yeah.
2: huh? did you when was the first time you guys saw Idle Hands?
0: Uh I rented from Video King back in the day.
2: Nice. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I
1: mean, me and BT definitely watched it. I, I think it was a similar thing where we rented it. I know I definitely did not see it in theaters, of course. Uh but uh, this was, I think I think I touched on this when we had the uh, the top five or ten list of the horror comedies, and I it was very nostalgic. Me and BT used to watch this movie like all the time together. But, yeah, I think that was like the case where we rented it. Um, you know, right around the time it came out, right after. How about
2: you? So I remember this uh, vividly when I saw it. Uh, it was probably about. It had. It was spring of two thousand because I remember it was on H. It was like so. You know how HBO, Showtime, Cinemax they would debut the new movie of the week on Sunday nights. Oh yeah. So they would do it on Sunday nights, but Showtime, HBO, I, I can't remember if Cinemax did it, but Showtime and HBO would do an encore of it on Tuesday night. So they did an encore of this movie on the following Tuesday night, and. I stayed up to watch it and I was, so this is, let's see, the movie came out in when April 30th of 99. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. Cause it took about a year for these films to get on HBO or Cinemax or wherever. So it was spring. It had to have been April or May of 2000 when I saw this, um, because it was like, I remember missing it on Sunday night and it might even been because of a pay-per-view. um, wrestling pay-per-view
0: oh yeah which one mercy
2: i don't know if it was in spring maybe it was like unforgiven or something backlash um but yeah i remember seeing it then and watch staying up and watching it and i remember it not getting over with until like 11 or 12 at night or whatever and being like just so pumped on how awesome it was and then like being a being familiar with the ramones too and then seeing the offspring cover it i immediately was like I was like, I was familiar with The Offspring, and I immediately knew, like, right then. I was like, oh, yeah, I know this fucking band. They sing that fucking Pretty Fly for a White Guy song. What the fuck are they doing covering the Ramones in this what movie? Pretty,
1: pretty Fly for a White
2: Guy? 99. Kind of it came out in 99. Did it? Yeah.
1: Jeez, that can't be true.
2: It might have been 98, my friend.
0: I don't want to hear anything more about that shitty song.
2: It really, that, I, that song really is I fucking. It was
0: like next. I think I got that CD for Christmas. What'd you say? I said it has to be like 99 because I think I got that CD for Christmas.
2: So Americana came out in 1998. And the single for Pretty Fly for a White Guy came out in November 9, 1998. So I was spot on.
1: All right, calm down. Quit flexing.
2: I'm not flexing. You know I'm good with dates. You've lost bets.
1: You are great with dates. I will say uh, I don't want to hear anything more about that song. (laughs) It, it's the worst song maybe ever made uh but offspring is still good
2: shout out to offspring um more so, more so noodle more so noodles than dexter um but yeah this is it's such a just fun movie it's all over the place and it's uh i mean obviously we we got to see the rob zombie dragula video i think that was like what I was like most pumped on too, because I loved, uh, I loved that, uh, I loved that record so much, and I loved Rob Zombie so much at that time, still do, uh, but, you know But
0: other music video we got to see too.
2: Uh, the fucking, rock that coochie, baby.
0: Pop, Pop that pussy by fucking 2 left Crew. You don't say the p word.
2: Yeah, you can let it fly, Sean. All right. Wait, is the is, is Pop That Coochie the edited the, the version? Sen-
0: the censored version.
2: That might actually sound better.
0: Then Pop That pussy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pousse it's French. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, where does this movie rank for you guys? Like, is this something... If someone had to say, like, what would you give this movie on a scale of 1 to 10, like, this movie's high up there for me. This is, like, an 8 or a 9 for me. All right, this is a sound like
1: 8.5. I'm, I'm in full agreement. Full agreement. It's, uh, it hits all the, it hits everything for me. I mean, uh, if you, you know, obviously it's got horror, comedy, fucking time frame is, a, you know, time frame we love, great soundtrack, Love it. I would say nine. I would give it eight,
2: eight and a half, nine for sure. I think, I think going back over the last probably two to three, maybe four years, I've been giving, I've been getting more, feeling more appreciative of the '90s than I had in the past. Where I know I've said it on here before, we've talked about it, where the 90s just felt like post-80s, where they didn't know, it wasn't a really defined generation, there were so many things going on, like the first few years it was like grunge and fucking uh, Eddie Vedder fucking warship and flannels and depression and fucking all that shit, and then it kind of (laughs) yes. and then it kind of switched to like the emergence of like more like popular punk with like green day and like rancid and the offspring and stuff like that in the mid nineties once grunge ended. And then there was like the pop punk bang in the early tooth or the early, their late nineties rather with like, you know, the, the blink One Eighty Twos and goldfinger and all these bands. Um, and skateboarding, like, came became came back into prominence, obviously, with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and the X Games being, like, huge and, and all that stuff. And I think now, the more that I look back at it, just, like, being in, like, you know, like, 6th and 7th grade and having a fucking CCS catalog and stuff, I have more of appreciation of, like, that time period and thinking back to the records and the movies and, and everything, especially because now everything is so, like digital and stuff and there was still a little and it felt like more of an analog real life that we grew up on it was like kind of like the last the last like the second to last portion of before life became like internet obsessed and i'd say that last portion was probably like 2000 to like 2004 or five and then once myspace like came in like full fucking force in like 2005 2006 life became maybe a little less fake a little less off or a little more fake a little less authentic everyone was living a life on the internet and stuff it felt like you know 99 2000 it felt like people were still people and people were still a little more authentic than they became when they became on the when they you know became a a face and an avatar and a profile and a different life on the internet oh
0: absolutely I would agree fully. I mean, I think you're completely right, I think. Yeah, like, look at this shit that, like, we did growing up. Like, we were, like, outside and shit. And, like, now I listen to people talking about their kids today, and they're like, oh, my son just sits in his bedroom all day playing Xbox. That's what I. Sorry. I do exactly what you do right now, Sean, is what you're saying. I barely hop on my Xbox.
2: We should probably play some MOB soon, Sean.
0: Yeah, you know, since Eric never got it. I don't like baseball.
2: Oh I because
0: the Yankees got eliminated yesterday?
2: <laughs> it was two days ago. Alright, sorry. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it just feels like like you got you guys were saying, like you guys probably from what you remember going to rent this at Video King. Uh, you know, you would literally it was leaving the house, going to the store, either finding the movie or knowing that it was out and looking for it to rent, renting it grabbing some candy or grabbing a fucking pizza going back to the house watching it was like an event yes it was a whole event it was like a you were committed to the process and like you think about like it's just like instant gratification has kind of killed the suspense and the enjoyment of some things as opposed to like okay idle hands is on netflix i can just watch it right now whereas before it's like oh fuck like you get fucking amped I remember getting amped, be like, "Oh fuck yes!" Like when I get out of fucking school, I'm making sash Me to fucking Video King. I'm gonna fucking rent this movie because I know they got fucking got it. I'm gonna rent that movie, gonna eat some fucking pizza tonight, and watch this fucking movie. It's gonna be you get pumped like the whole day thinking about just watching a movie because it was a whole process going there and picking it out and smelling fucking, smelling the fucking video store, and fucking deciding what you were going to eat, and fucking going back, and it was a whole, like, event, and it seemed like those things were more important back then, whereas now, with the instant gratification of just, like, hitting two buttons and playing it on your, t on your smart TV, it's kind of all over, don't get me wrong, that convenience is great, and we all enjoy it, and love it, and, and utilize it, but... I like, I got like, I mean, and to, to a certain extent too, I, I kind of even had that uh, a little mix of that with a new technology just this past or last week when the many saints of Newark, uh, got dropped on HBO max. Now I wanted to go to the theater and see it. Uh, we got a little bit too busy and I was just like, I'm just going to watch it at home. I watched everything Sopranos related on a TV at home. I'm going to watch the movie on a TV at home. So, but it was, like, a whole thing. Like, we literally, like, came down into the the, the, the media fucking crypt and came down here, sat down, uh, had snacks, had our sodas, turned the lights off, turned the, like, little theater lights I just put on under my thing and watched the movie. It was, like, a whole event. And I think, you know, people like us, we still try to make, even in a digital world and less analog world we try to still make movie watching an event oh,
1: yeah. i 100 percent agree i think i mean I, as much as we do love the way things are now and, and kind of the convenience of everything i feel like well and also nostalgia plays a huge role because we were younger and we were kind of like formative years getting into this stuff discovering this stuff but um, it's definitely different. That's why I like, I like that. Well, you know, the three of us and, and my brother and obviously people, I'm sure listening to the podcast, uh, as well. We still try to do these things. We still go to the theaters. We still like have movie nights,
0: even though we're watching movies like all the time. Um, I can't concentrate. Uh, yeah. Like I'm, i probably going to throw on a flick after we get done with this podcast. Are you going to look at your phone or the movie? <laughs> I'm probably going to watch them. Well, it's the episode of Creepshow, so I'm probably going to pay attention to that. Remember when you were mean to me earlier, Sean? Now I'm trying to pay you back. We mean.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it was, I mean, I think in this this movie is like right in that time frame of our youth where it's like, it, it has that nostalgia of having, you know, renting it, having movie nights and, and, and making a much more like a, a thing out of it. Yeah. I think that, that definitely adds to it, but but I think we still do that with movies that come on now, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, that's that's the difference between, uh, you know, uh, I feel like horror and any other genre. I was recently uh, listening to Greg Nicotero on the Eli Ross like, whatever, horror thing there. I, for some reason, that one's older. i never listened to it before, but I don't know. I, we hear people say this all the time, but, like, you're not, people aren't getting together for, uh, you know, watching westerns together like as
2: much as right the Western. right not there's not
1: conventions you know people uh, don't get together for that stuff i mean horror is one of those things and this being a horror movie in, my, in your eyes as well both of your eyes uh just something it's just something about that you know what i mean it's it's, it's just so great
2: it's very communal 100 percent Now this this movie the budget was twenty five mil. It only made four million one hundred and fifty two thousand two hundred and thirty dollars. So it makes me. Why did it cost
1: so much to make this
2: goddamn movie? uh, Offspring. Offspring contract. I was pretty fly for a
1: white
2: guy. Yeah. So fucking true. Um. But no, I I think it had a I think it had a limited release. It had to have had a limited release.
0: I don't think Glemo was playing
2: it. Yeah, I was going to say. Also, what are these motherfuckers thinking? This is a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb for ratings. Like, what the fuck? You can't
1: follow that shit. You can't follow
2: no, that No, I, I never do, but I always find it funny when I see that shit. Yeah,
1: they rip apart. That's the problem. You know, not to get into a whole tirade about that, but, like, what people think is good and bad. It's so stupid, like... A movie can be good to anybody, even if it, even if it's like that, what is it, that movie we watched while you guys were here, Fatal Exam. <laughs> that,
2: that was, was a fucking movie bad made. movie. That movie was dog
0: shit. Well, yeah, but somebody might like it out there, you know. Oh, yeah, George in the background.
2: So true, but yeah. Any closing thoughts on on the film? I think it's just so much fucking fun. It's an amazing cast. Takes place I at mean, you know, it takes place around Halloween, so it's a, a movie that is very fitting to watch this time of the nice. year. It's a great Halloween film. Yeah, for sure. Fine.
1: Do so we talk about like the special effects? Because the special
2: effects in this are great. Like the special effects are actually like a lot of fun. Like, especially I know it was uh, partial CGI, but actually this is a this is important for us to talk about the the great CGI that can be done. When he throws the little saw blade at Eldon Henson and his head falls off and rolls backwards. Yeah. And then his head, like, talks. And, obviously, there's some green screen CGI stuff that go on with his head, too. I think that shit looks fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, like, it's not really, like, noticeable either. What's that? Like, it's not really, like, as noticeable, like, it being, like, a CGI scene. I want to say they literally use at one point when he is, like, decapitated. Like, the head
1: is, like, animatronic at one point. Yeah, so it is. Not, it is. But, but like, some of the other scenes, like, that scene in, um, at the dance, at the end of the flick with, the. Uh, where the hand drops down on the Dexter Holland's head and it... it rips rip- oh, oh. Yeah. That's, like, such an awesome scene as well. And, yeah, the saw blade scene is so good. Um, yeah, a lot of awesome special effects in this.
2: So, Greg Canham uh, of Lost Boys fame and a million other fucking things, his special effects team worked on this. That's awesome. I don't think he did, but his special effects team did.
1: I really give it to anybody... Uh, man, this is man, this is way off topic.
2: Oh no, he was one of the makeup artists on there. So I mean, that's that's a, a testament, and he's a he really is truly an unsung hero in the in the makeup world. I feel like sometimes is Greg Canum, uh, who did the fucking Lost Boys makeup, and I've obviously, I've I've revered him and talked about him as much as possible. But he also did Blade, he did uh, thinner. I mean, not that it matters, but he did jingle all the way. I don't know what special effects were in that one, but <laughs> he did the fucking mask, like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like he's done, he did Drac, he did uh, a lot of Drac on Bram Stoker's Dracula. He did fucking, he was uncredited on Batman Returns. He did Alien Three, like so his he did Hook, like Subspecies, like Pit in the Pendulum. Like he's got quite a extensive Dick Tracy. Uh, I mean, the dudes, I wanted to rattle some of those off because I feel like we don't talk about Greg Canem enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, uh, I mean, those are, you know, I'm not going to lie, I didn't realize that he, uh, he helped, he worked on all of those films. I, I mean, that's all-star cast films, so. Yeah. Um, You know.
2: Some of these guys just fly under the radar and they're not as well known.
1: That's what I was going to say, especially even if you think about it, even like guys like us who are, who are really into the genre, like. You have, like, your guys who are really famous, like, you know, your Savinis and, your and, uh, and like, your Nicoteros, like, your, your, you know, your well-known guys, but there is a, an insane amount of special effects artists and companies who, uh, you know, plumping
2: out so much good stuff that are really on, you know, nobody really talks about it. But no, they it, they don't. It's definitely good to bring light to those people, especially, like, we just did, so. Yeah, it's ex- exactly and and the, all the effects in this are so fucking fun. And to get a movie too that isn't like, oh, like this is a straight up horror movie with all crazy all kinds of crazy splatter effects. It's really not, but they get all those effects and they nail them while it, having it be a horror comedy. Like I feel like they I'm glad that they didn't try to they didn't ease back from the the gore and the the effects just because it was more of a comedy horror
1: right that's what i mean like watching this recently like i said it's super it's really gory and it's the the movie's like it's it's like i said it's vulgar it's 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 great they kind of mix everything and they do it really all so well like uh and that's what makes the movie so great like I said, all that stuff
2: just blends so if if we can recommend anything we recommend watching this movie especially now's the time now's the month to watch it october now's the time to watch it it's a blast of a fucking movie. Please check it out. Uh, any closing thoughts?
0: Yeah, I was actually reading a few trivia stuff before we end things. Uh, this is actually filmed in the same neighborhood as the uh, John Carpenter's Halloween.
2: Yeah, Pasadena. Yep. And then um, the hand is actually played by the same hand in. Uh, Adams family Adams played family. the played the yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: I guess uh, the only difference is this is actually takes place in California, not Il- not uh, Illinois.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Right. That's awesome,
2: though. Yeah, those are those are awesome little tidbits. I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely... Like, I like that we just spitballed on this. We
1: didn't really kind of go through like any sort of like... We're just kind of telling people to watch it and like, how rad it is. You know what I mean? I like that.
2: We're just kind of... Yeah, we're not going through the whole movie scene by scene or anything like that. We were just kind of talking about everything that was... Uh... There's a lot of... That's a, a thing I want to mention before we wrap this up is how funny it is. It's actually really fucking funny, too
0: oh yeah especially that scene where the uh, the fucking neighbor like hits on that girl the uh burger joint and she was like crying he was like oh like were you mean to him she's like i told him to go blow him
2: after he like asking for friend <laughs> <like>, did he <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah this uh can't can't recommend the movie enough it's just such a fucking blast Go watch it. It's all getting eight and a half nines from us out of ten. Yeah, it's a damn near perfect movie. And shout out to Devin Sawa. He's, he's showing up in the the Child's Play series, uh, the Chucky series on Sci-Fi here soon. And he's kind of dived right back into like the horror world. He's doing conventions and shit, and it's good to see. Did you guys meet Devin Sawa at the last Mastermania? No, but he's gonna be at the one we're going to.
0: Are we actually gonna meet him? Or
2: I think we got to at this point, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We should. He, he is making a bit of a resurgence. That's for sure.
2: Well, now might be the time, boys. But yeah, go watch Idle Hands. Enjoy it. Happy Halloween! Halloween month, October. We got some fucking juggernaut of some motherfucking episodes coming up. So real quick, boys, before we before we skedaddle out of here, we got o Lantern coming up. Eric and I are gonna do o Lantern. We're doing Day of the Dead, and we're also doing Halloween 18 and Halloween Kills. After we see Halloween Kills, are
0: we actually going to be in person for that podcast?
2: We can. We could. We could do it Friday. We could do it Friday. Ooh. We'll get good. Like we'll it. get good audio on it, and we'll get a Like we'll get a, you know, just straight up spoiler review on the whole fucking movie right there.
0: Yeah, because we should have it play on Peacock. So pretty much doing a
2: commentary track for a uh, new release. Yeah, we could. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that for sure. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're very pumped for Halloween Kills. It comes out in a week and a day, and we can't wait. Like I said, we got this. This whole month of October is jam, motherfucking packed, and then November, there's going to be a lot of fucking fun stuff coming up in November. We're gonna do My Soul to Take in November. A little tidbit for that. Uh, that one's gonna be fun. A little Wes Craven love.
1: Love that Slick.
2: Uh I feel like every month we need to do a John Carpenter, a Wes Craven, a Toby Hooper, uh or uh a John Carpenter film. Or George Romero film. Fucking Wes, Toby. We gotta do we gotta do one a month, it, it seems, but we're going to get the fuck out of here. Go listen on Spotify, iTunes, all that fucking happy horse shit. Check us out. Sight and Sound Podcast, Heart Guide Media, at HeartGuyMedia on Instagram and Twitter. Check us out. Give us a follow. Listen or fucking don't. Piss off. Watch Idle Hands. It's been a blast. Later. Check you later.